0: Hello, today we are here with Dom Chambers. Hi Dom, how are you?
1: I'm very well, good to be here.
0: Good to have you. So, how is your walk today? Do you go for a walk this morning?
1: I do. Uh, when you guys arrive at the radio station, I'm always out, Nordic walking. So I have my Nordic walking poles and I get out into the countryside so I just to make sure that my body is getting a little bit of exercise because I work quite hard and my brain gets plenty of exercise.
2: That's good, that's good. That actually sounds really fun. Where do you walk to in particular or is it somewhere different every time?
1: It's very weather dependent. So if it's been dry then we walk out into the countryside and uh, the only people we'll see out there are dog walkers really and there's some beautiful walks around here and I love uh, finding out about the heritage and the history of the area and one of the best ways to do that particularly if you've got a little bit of information, which I already have, is to walk out. There's the railway line here, and you can see where the slag heaps are, where they, um, you know, they built all the slag heaps uh, from the coal mining past to the area. So you get to see all that. If it's raining, I will walk along the tarmac paths, and there's plenty of those as well. Lots of great places to cycle and walk and run.
0: Wow. So there's a lot to discover here, isn't
1: it? I think so. I think this is a bit of a hidden gem. In this part of the world
0: how long have you lived here
1: i moved here in 2008 that's over 12 years
0: yeah yeah oh, okay that
2: sounds lovely what do you think is so special about this area and if you could change the location of the station where would you be or are you really happy with it being here
1: well what's special about the area is it's a very beautiful area uh, I like the Somersets. Uh, I like the West Country. In fact, I like everywhere in the uh, UK. I'm very well-travelled in the UK. And uh, it's a beautiful countryside. And it's an interesting mixture of an industrial heritage with a kind of agricultural past mm-hmm. here. It's got lots of history, lots of heritage. Uh, and as I've been saying, some of that heritage is very visible. Uh, I like the communities around here. When I first arrived here, I walked into a pub and I saw a really good rock band on stage, and I knew I'd found my new home. Uh, In fact, the Wonder Bar, which sadly is is no longer around, reminded me of a bar I'd visited in uh, Greenwich Village in New York, which Mm was called the Scrap Heap, which was um, built out of, everything in there was built out of bits of cars. It was done rather creatively. And although the Wonder Bar didn't have bits of cars all over it, it had all these, um, like, a collage of pictures all over the ceiling and all over the walls, and people had performed there, and it was a really exciting place. It was absolutely tiny, not much bigger than this studio that we're in here. And there was a little stage for music, and then there was a little bar to get your drinks, and there was space for about 50 people max on a really packed night. A wonderful, wonderful atmosphere, and I felt I had uh, come home. And, uh, and indeed, I did. I moved actually into the town of Midsummer Norton. Uh, shortly after that, around about... Uh, um, yeah, 2010, I think it was. And I've lived in the High Street for the last six years where I bought a house. And I think you asked me a second question, Carly. I uh, did,
2: yeah, if you don't mind me repeating it. So it is, why did you choose to be here? Like, if you could move the radio station anywhere, where would it be? But is it here that you really would feel comfortable? Like, is it here that you feel like you connect with it
0: more?
1: I came here because of the radio station. So I wouldn't move it because this is the local radio station for this area and that needs to be you know, be informed by the characteristics of the area. You know, we, we give people the skills to make radio mm-hmm. and, and we empower local people with a voice in their own district. So to move Summer Valley FM to another part of the country would, would be illogical. There's plenty of other local radio stations uh, all over the UK right now. Uh, so I, I, like, um, I like this area. I, I love running a radio station here. I think it's a fantastic part of the world. And a fantastic part of the world to be part of the radio industry, um, which is a, a, an industry I have loved and served with a great deal of passion for the last 30 years.
0: So it's a really giving industry. You give and get from the people that listen and participate in the programmes that you're doing and all the charities that you're doing, because you're doing lots of charities here.
1: I think it's a very open-hearted type of local radio. We operate under the community license which means that we're very volunteer orientated mm-hmm. uh, people and you would know about this people come here to develop their skills and to discover where their own creativity is uh, in, in a uh, what I would hope is a happy and safe environment. And that's really important. What what I've done is I've taken that ethic if you like and taken it further. So there are people like yourself coming here and joining in and helping out and developing your own skills in your university undergraduates, and we're absolutely there for that. But there are people also who have less opportunities or higher levels of educational need. And so I've set up a charity that targets uh, people, uh, for instance, with autism, and uh, or you might be uh, recovering from alcohol or drug misuse, uh, or you could be an adult with learning disabilities. And we uh, give them that same training environment that you're in uh, to to explore how to develop their own skills and their own creativity. And that can often make a difference in helping you lead a life of your choosing because what we're talking about here, underneath everything, is uh, confidence. To develop the confidence and if you can communicate with confidence, then the chances are that you are leading a life of your choosing and if and if employability, if employment is an option for you, the chances are you're in a job that you do enjoy.
2: That is so, so special. You can do that for the people here. Like, it's so rewarding, not only for you, but for them. Leading on from that, actually, what are the type of people who live here? Because, as you know, we're both not from the area, so we'd like to know more about the people who do live in this area.
1: Well, I'm history trained in the sense that I went to university and did a history degree. So I, in everything else I do in life, I think about history a great deal somebody asked me actually because I get interviewed quite a lot as well as do interviews myself and someone asked me quite recently on a radio station in the north of england uh, if i was writing my university statement um what would it sound like you know what would it be like That's a really <laughs> really good question and uh, and i think the answer to that is that if i was in your generation i would still probably want to do a history degree because it's such a fantastic grounding uh, for all sorts of things. So my statement would read, uh, there hasn't been a day in my life which I haven't spent at least half an hour thinking about history since the age of six. And the age of six, I can tell you, was some time ago. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely passionate about history. I do look at things from a, a historic point of view. And I see here communities that have needed to redefine themselves because... They grew up in the 19th century when the railways were invented Mm -hmm. and the railways came into this area and bought, uh, Carly, a lot of your fellow country people here from Wales. Uh, There's a very strong Welsh aspect to the heritage of this area. They also bought a lot of people from Yorkshire. So two very strong coal mining uh, parts of the UK came in here and, and immigrants coming from those parts of the country, into our country. It's why, incidentally, I think there are two local accents here. One is, broadly speaking, more of what you would associate as a West Country farming-type accent, as typified by local heroes, the Wurzels. Um, then there's a different kind of accent, and I'm fascinated by accents. I, I, I spend a lot of time in different parts of the country, so I can pick up and you know understand accents mm-hmm. and try and place people from them. But uh, there is an accent around here I really don't get. And I think it's... I'll give you an example. So they wouldn't say album, you know, like I would say album, like a a record album. Mm -hmm. Uh, They would say album. And it doesn't sound right in my accent at all. It sounds perfectly natural when spoken locally. They don't say alcohol. They say alcohol. And And it does... It sounds really weird the way I'm putting it, but... I think it's a hybrid of Welsh... And Yorkshire and West Country Somerset. <laughs> I really do. I think I think that's exactly what happened. So, so these, and you can tell the difference between a family, in terms of how they speak, uh, that has a mining background and a family that doesn't in this area. And I think that's the origin of two accents. I have no idea if this theory stacks up anywhere. I haven't really talked to any mm-hmm. experts about it. But it seems to me that there's a, a certain logic. So you ask about who's living here well, it is like any community in the UK, it's going to be a mixture between people who are born here, whose parents, grandparents and great-grandparents have been here, and then there are those who come from somewhere else to be part of this community, and they might do that, for instance, because they're marrying in somebody here and they live here and want to bring up their children here, or work could bring them. Now, work's brought me here, I'm not from this part of the world, and... Um, uh, so I think what makes up the fabric of community life, often what drives community life, are the people whose families come from an area and they have all that provenance and, and, and passion and love of an area based on memories that go by. And you get family names, don't you? You go to the graveyard and you often see the same names popping up uh, all over the graveyard. But I think part of the dynamic of community life is an, an, an essential ingredient, if you like, that contributes to that dynamic are the people that come into an area and they see it slightly differently, have a different perspective and possibly even a different agenda. And it's a combination of the two. And I've found that community life in Midsummer Norton, where this radio station is, where I live, has changed quite a lot over the last 12 years. And I think what's been driving it, and I have to say it's changing for the better, some really, really powerful sense of community here. We're a manifestation at this radio station of that powerful sense of community. And I can see that who's driving that is absolutely a combination from people who've come from the outside to contribute and people who are indigenous.
0: But do you think that these people can take like a really deep mental health discussion that we are planning on doing?
1: I think mental health is relevant to us all irrespective of where you come from, there may be different certain different challenges to a big urban environment like Birmingham or Manchester or London or even Bristol. Um, but essentially, uh, mental health is a preoccupi- preoccupation, quite rightly, of everybody uh, who's part of society. So I wouldn't think that there's any partic- peculiarities of this area that makes it immune from wanting to think about why uh, people take their own lives and why um, things go wrong because of their mental health. And, and, and the flip side of that is how can we enhance our good mental health? How can we be resilient uh, as, as citizens and as people? So I think any idea of putting some broadcast plans together that uh, helps people think about their mental health is a really good idea. And your job, I'm going to sort of put it the other way around your job is to make sure that you're engaging people with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about how you engage a radio audience rather than how you engage people in a specific locality because of the, the heritage of their past. I mean, you may be sort of thinking of a slightly wider point here. Which is traditionally and it's interesting you, see, you you come from from Greece, so that's uh, you know that's a foreign country from from a british point of view and I, i'd be i'm not sure how people think of the British, but I as a british person i'm aware of a past where people didn't want to talk about problems you know you you heard of the phrase a stiff upper lip mm-hmm. you know it's 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 like um, you know the the, the bombs are being dropped all around us and we're resilient and that's good but it's also not good if somebody uh, raises something that people might feel a bit embarrassed about and I think this country has adapted and changed hugely you know when um, when I was a child there was movements like Rock Against Racism Uh, there was a growing tolerance towards different kind of sexual orientations and and that feels natural to the world I grew up in in the 80s. But if I talk to gay people now or LGBTQ, uh, and they will look back on those uh, periods of time where there was a great deal more prejudice, uh, of course, a great deal of prejudice now. So I, I do think that we're quite good at adapting to talking about things that we haven't talked about before. Mental health is something we need to think about. We need to talk about it. In a pandemic, when we're encouraged to um, you know, stay at home, to socialise left, it's never been more important. And the medium mm-hmm. of radio has never been more important. So I think your idea of doing a feature or a series of features and conversations around mental health is an excellent one. Your challenge is to make it engaging and make it inclusive so that everybody can feel involved in that conversation.
2: Thank you, Dom. Um, we ought to like wanted to actually focus on the pandemic. So COVID affects us personally but it's also affected the, self, the sector in which we work in. How do you think it's affected radio?
1: Well I think it's natural to think that radio audiences have gone up mm-hmm. and, and it, it's interesting that radio has gone up and I think there's a number of reasons for this. I think people want to feel connected to their communities and they wanted to feel connected to their fellow people who are experiencing the same kinds of things in their area. So tuning into the local radio station is uh, an obvious thing to do. And uh, this particular radio station, because we're volunteer-orientated, people were going into furlough, they weren't going to their offices and stuff uh, back in the earlier part of the year. So our volunteer hours went up, and we, for the first time in 12 years, had a live breakfast show, live lunchtime show, live afternoon shows uh, as well. So I think we gave people a lot more to listen to as well. But there's another reason. In households, we always think of everybody these days has, you know, one or two devices. You know, so you've got your mobile phone, possibly an iPhone. You've got an iPad maybe or another kind of tablet. And then you may still have a family television, may still have a family computer. You know, there's a lot of ways of accessing the internet, and getting radio services, YouTube, and uh, Facebook, and all this stuff. But think about it from a point of view of a low-income household. They may not have all those devices. So if you have your your mother living with you, and parents, and some small children, so there's quite a few family members in a house, and you've only got one family computer, or you've only got two phones, it may be, that one thing you could do is is dust down that old FM radio and turn it on, and maybe Nan is listening to the local radio as the kids are looking for um, computer games. That's just a a scenario that I can Mm -hmm. imagine has taken place. So I think local radio has an enormous part to play in uh, the pandemic because I think we also need local information, particularly at a time when... You know, and we're unfortunately going through that again is when when there are more and more restrictions. How does that apply to us locally? We need local media avenues of communication. But let's not forget, we also need those locally trusted voices on the radio to take ourselves away from the grimness, to give us some good entertainment, to play some cracking good tunes. So it's a combination of informing the listener what they lead to know in a national crisis, uh, as well as diverting them away from it with some great entertainment
0: it's really really interesting to know because we're probably going to go to lockdown again so having that as a base it's gonna build more throughout the next lockdown i think Mm -hmm.
2: possibly definitely it stops people from feeling so alone they have a voice that they know is local Mm. has similar accents to them they don't feel like they're completely isolated and on their own anymore, and I think that's so special.
0: Yeah, and especially one thing that I, I noticed today is when we were talking with Richard, he was saying that they received calls from audience, and that's a amazing way to engage, because obviously you can have a website, and you can comment while the broadcaster is talking, but calling and voicing your opinion in front of, Thousands of people is a great way to feel heard and feel part of this community.
1: Good.
2: We also know, Dom, that you're doing the Well Wessex podcast. Oh, yes. I wonder if you can tell us a bit more about that because that relates more back to the mental health surrounding the topics that we want to discuss. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think podcasting has become a very valid platform of communication over the last 10 years. And So any organisation that wants to raise awareness of its um, activities should consider podcasting. And actually, as somebody who's worked in the radio industry for 30 years, uh, pretty well all my work now is on podcasting. Uh, And in fact, I use my radio skills to drive charitable ends. You ask about the Well Wessex podcast. Well, Well Wessex is a non-constituted organisation that exists to link the four leading mental health charities of Somerset they all know what each other's doing because the thing is when you're running a charity there's all sorts of things to consider which can keep you in your silo if you like and uh, you know you've got to figure out how to get the funding and you know working very hard to make sure that you're achieving your objects and people are benefiting from your activities so to have an organization that's saying well it's great that's um, Somerset Mind are doing one thing and Heads Up in Wells are actually doing quite a similar things so let's tell them about that and let's all get together for the same event and then there's uh, Charred Watch which is really a, a fantastic organisation which we profiled in the First World Wessex uh, podcast which is about peer support so people in mental health we talk about lived experience people with lived experience and the Supporting each other is absolutely key uh, to anything. I work a lot with people recovering from drug and alcohol misuse. And when you're on that journey, which can be a very lonely, very challenging journey, and this is all wrapped up in mental health, it's not like you know people are, are alcoholics because they just drink too much and their body wants them to take more, that's one reason, but more often than not, relating to your mental health and how, that's, how you're going about life. When people are on that journey of recovery, they often want to help people further up the journey than themselves. And it's part of their own therapy. I think there's a great argument, by the way, for saying volunteering is more about yourself than doing stuff (laughs) for other people. Because, uh, and I'm not to to decry the idea that one is helping other people. That's really, really important. But ultimately, you're helping yourself. That's why volunteering and, uh, and this sort of thing is so much part of the five ways that, to well-being uh, because it's about your own mental health uh, as well as other people's and i've managed to completely get myself onto a fantastic stream of thought there which takes me totally away from remembering what your question was in the first place that's no problem I talk Thank about you. well wessex <laughs> we I, <got> managed, <laughs> I managed to re-anchor myself without any help from you uh the well wessex podcast links to four mental health organisations of Wessex. I um, mean, I don't know if you're familiar, but Wessex is a, is a, a general term, a historic term for uh, this part of the world. So Wessex historically uh, was Hampshire right the way through to Devon. Uh, oh, okay. So Somerset is key to Wessex. I think it's great. I love the idea. It's a really good sounding title, Well Wessex. It, it's is
2: good. it really it brings in an audience.
1: It's yeah. good. It, it's true, yeah. So I think part of the Well Wessex podcast is not just for somebody like me with knowledge and expertise of podcasting to come in uh, and bring that to the project. It's about empowering people with the skills to to develop. For me, a project like this is considered successful if I'm not involved with it. So I get involved, I start it, I get involved, I give training, like the sort of training that you're getting here, uh, and then... The point where that training works to the extent I'm not needed is the point of success mm-hmm. for our project. So it's really it's two different skills here. One is how you make the podcast, and the next thing is how do you draw people into the production process? And those two are vital ingredients of how the Well Wessex podcast is, is being made. At the moment, it's quite a lot of me. Two or three podcasts, time down the road, hopefully less of me but the quality will stay the same.
0: You're doing such an amazing job, and it's really nice that you want to help people to learn more things. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, thank you so much, Dom. Well, thank Thank you.
1: you. I've enjoyed chatting away to you.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to conclude our interview with you. But yeah,
0: yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Carly. And thank you all, See you next week. Bye.